Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. This is an RNZ podcast. Hello, I'm Simon Morris. Time is a relative concept, as Albert Einstein used to say. Take movies, for instance. Two hours at a good entertaining one can go past in the blink of an eye, while a film that doesn't engage seems to last forever. Well, this week, time caught up with two films shot in New Zealand. Nicky Caro's much-anticipated Mulan was a long time coming, but when it did finally come out, it was only to head to the Disney Plus channel. What is your name, soldier? Hua Jun, commander, son of Hua Zhou. We're going to make men out of every single one of you. My own interest in Mulan, already reduced by the examples of previous live-action remakes of Disney animated hits, wasn't enough to make any efforts to check it out, maybe when it comes out on free-to-air. At the same time, an actual New Zealand film makes it to the actual cinema screens after eight years in production. Freedom. That's all we want. To let your beast out, boys. Be a savage. Savage joins the long parade of films going right back to Once Were Warriors in ripping the lid off the New Zealand gang scene, like it or not. Meanwhile, another gang of outsiders looks like it's coming to the end of the road. From the diminishing X-Men world comes the new mutants. Have you ever experienced anything you'd consider abnormal? Yes. Last question. Do you know what mutants are? The New Mutants was actually finished a couple of years ago, I believe, just before the studio was bought out by Disney. But Disney decided it had more than enough Marvel Comics product already without putting too much effort into another one. But no delay this week was as long as the third in a series that last saw the light of day in 1991. How's it going, royal ugly dudes? Put them in the iron meat. Excellent! Execute them. Bogus. Bill and Ted were the idiot male equivalents of 80s Valley Girls. As played by a young Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter, their first film, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, astonished everyone with working brain cells by being, well, excellent. Check out the cast list. We're from history. Billy the Kid. Oh, my God. Joan of Arc. Sigmund Freud. Tell me about your mother. You a musician? Beethoven. Abraham Lincoln. Party on, dudes! Socrates. To the same people's surprise, the sequel, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, was equally endearing as our two heroes were first killed, then sent to heaven and hell, and finally had to defeat death himself. The sort of tribute to Ingmar Bergman's seventh seal was enough to have the moody Swede spinning in his grave. But is there any way we can get back? You may challenge me to a contest. J7. You have sunk my battleship. And 
Best two out of three. What? But since then, everyone who enjoyed the original films has now outgrown them, surely, while the new generation of teenagers have never heard of Bill S. Preston Esquire or Ted Theodore Logan. 25 years ago, you played a concert in front of the entire world. One month ago, you played in Barso, California for 40 people, most of whom were there for $2 taco night. So who on earth is the third episode Bill and Ted Face the Music possibly aimed at? The shocking answer to this question is revealed later in the show. But first, the current avalanche of New Zealand films continues with a drama called Savage. Put it down. Hold on! The film Savage, written and directed by Sam Kelly, is hardly the first to take on gang life in this country. It follows in the footsteps of Broken, Dark Horse, Once Were Warriors, even Boy and Whale Rider touched on the subject. But Savage has its own angle on how gangs are formed and what pushes people into joining them. Hey, none of us are angels. Probably the opposite. We wouldn't be gangsters if we always did what we were told. It opens on the hulking, tattooed figure of Damage, a leading figure in the Savage Gang, about to inflict some discipline on a member who stepped out of line. The action takes place in the mid-80s, but Damage's facial tattoos are ageless and intimidating. He explains his so-called mask to a fellow Pakeha woman at a gang party. Why do you wear that mask? So you can see who I am. Flo, played by Chelsea Preston Crayford, turns out to be a social worker, there to keep an eye on some young girls at the party. And Damage is there to watch out for some equally young gang prospects. Their potential relationship is intriguing, but frustratingly, it doesn't come to anything. Instead, we go back to Damage's youth. Mum doesn't want to see you. Why would she, hmm? You're just like the old man. You stood sad you will not take over president. Back in the 60s, he was just a kid called Danny, one of a big family of brothers and sisters, a mother with a permanent black eye thanks to a father played by Matthew Sunderland, an actor who's played more cold-eyed heavies than anyone in the country, I suspect. Dad is certainly not going to forgive and forget when young Danny is caught thieving. You look shame on us. Danny is sent to Borstal under the eye of supervisors who are either sadists or pedophiles or both. Savage isn't interested in pulling any punches. We'll look after each other, OK? Me and you. The only friendly face there is his cellmate Moses, and at the first opportunity, the two boys run away and hit the streets. Society, put us in the hole. Freedom, that's all we want. To let your beast out, boys. Be a savage. 
Moses and Danny decide the only people they can rely on are each other, and we cut to them a few years later when they've formed their own gang with other kids failed by the system. The only respect they can expect is based on fear, and that goes for inside the gang too. Tag once more, Joe. You got this. I got it. I'm your first. But as the years go by, Danny, now Damage, the Savage's Sarge or Enforcer, has had enough of the life, the constant turf wars, the frequent violence to keep on top. What he really wants is to reunite with his family. But he thinks he's too far in the hole he's dug for himself. Why didn't you come back? Mum's searched for you for ages. If you knew me, this wouldn't want me. Savage is a tough story lightened by the performances by Australian actor Jake Ryan as the conflicted damage, and particularly by John Toohey as gang leader Moses. And the supporting roles within the gang are well cast and convincing. One of us is going to end up in the box. And it ain't me. But it's a world entirely seen from inside. Any outsiders and Savage are mostly either hostile or irrelevant. The one exception, the missing in action social worker Flo, might have made a big difference if there'd been more of her. What's the appeal of this sort of life to Flo and women like her, we wonder? Everyone can see who you are. You want me to kill them? You don't go hardcore. The fact is, there are plenty of middle-class people attracted to the idea of so-called gangster culture. I think of filmmakers like Guy Ritchie and Martin Scorsese, but they're happiest seeing them from a safe distance. Savage is up close and personal, maybe a little too much for a non-gang audience. You're going to take me down, aren't you? When the superheroes of Marvel Comics started conquering the cinematic world 20 years or so ago, there were so many they had to divide themselves among various studios. Spider-Man went to Columbia, Iron Man to Paramount, the Hulk was produced by Universal, while the X-Men were picked up by 20th Century Fox. The reason you survived is because you're a very uncommon girl. You're not alone. Not anymore. Do you know what mutants are? Over the years, they've mostly gone under one umbrella organisation, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. All but the X-Men, who seem to be Marvel's orphans these days. There's very little consistency between these films. Aside from the various X-Men themselves, there's the Deadpool comedies, the sad finality of Logan, and now a sort of low-budget horror spin-off called The New Mutants. I saw something I don't think she wanted me to see. The New Mutants' release date kept being postponed, but now the new owners of Marvel, the Disney organisation, have clearly decided to clear the shelves. The story opens with a Native American young woman called Danielle Moonstar finding herself in hospital.
What's the last thing you remember, Danny? He said we had to run. Danny remembers being chased from her home by something scary, passing out and then waking up to be questioned by Dr. Reyes, played by Alice Braga. Danny's not alone, though. There are four other unusual young people there, all with strangely amorphous powers. Would anyone like to share their first time? Rain? I was 13. I thought it was a dream. I just lost control. Usually X-Men mutants go in for powers with one-word descriptors. The heat ray guy, or the weather-raising woman, the Iceman, the mind reader, and of course Wolverine, who has both claws and unkillability. Rain, played by Game of Thrones' Maisie Williams, has the rather underwhelming ability to turn into a wolf. Sam? I started panicking. People got hurt. Roberto? My girlfriend had burned her. Ileana? I killed 18 men, one by one. Sam, Roberto and Ileana are respectively sort of heat speed guy, sort of big heat guy, and, I'm not sure, flashing eyes with a tame dragon girl. But nobody's quite sure what Danny's thing is yet or what the good doctor's plans are for our new mutants. It's a cage. It's important we find out your power so we can help you get better. Like any film about five teens stuck in a big house together, there's a certain amount of who likes who and who can't stand whose stuff for a while. The dominant character at the start is the mysterious Ileana, played by Anya Taylor-Joy with an approximate Russian accent and a permanent chip on her shoulder. Did you know baby rattlesnakes are more dangerous than adult ones? They haven't learned how to control how much venom they secrete. The two boys have rather less going on. Roberto looks like he's on the verge of bursting into tears all the time, while Sam's usually bruised and bandaged. His speeding superpower means he crashes into walls a lot. Support staff at best, in other words. Are you crazy? But they're encouraged to join forces when it transpires that Dr. Reyes may not be as good as she claims. She plans to weaponize these mutants' powers, not again, for evil purposes. It turns out that the place they're being held isn't even a medical facility. I don't think we're here to get better. This place takes your greatest fear and makes you live through it until it kills you. This might explain the monstrous toothy creatures springing from behind things, everyone's nightmares coming to life and lights going on and off in an alarming way. By now the tone of the film has shifted from new mutant high school to ominous haunted house. There's only one solution apparently, they're all going to have to work together. He's there. 
still, anyone who's seen one of these movies probably knew that already. The biggest problem was finding someone to care, which was a lost cause at Marvel, apparently. It's a pity, really. The New Mutants is a waste of an attractive cast, the victim of an overcrowded genre. These days, apparently, even superheroes need to practice social distancing. We can get out of this together. For many years, there was a safe rule of thumb with Keanu Reeves' movies. If he uttered a surprised whoa in it, the first Matrix, for instance, and the Bill and Ted movies, of course, they were pretty good. And when he didn't, the second and third Matrix films, or Much Ado About Nothing, they were less so. So good news, the third Bill and Ted, Bill and Ted Face the Music, features woes aplenty. We have a problem. Step forward. A song created by Preston Logan, performed tonight, will save reality as we know it. But does anyone want to see middle-aged versions of these characters still in their try-hard band Wild Stallions, spelt with plenty of 1980s letter Ys in the name? What was endearingly knuckle-headed in their youth must surely be a bit tragic now. A couple of dad jokes brought to embarrassing life. Bill and Ted... What have you got to say for yourselves? Be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes. The new film has ominously taken decades to make. But whatever you may think about the idea, it's certainly in the right hands. The original writers of both Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Bogus Journey, Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon. Thirty years may have passed, but very little seems to have changed. When your wives suggested couples therapy, do you think that this is what they had in mind? Definitely. I mean, we're a couple of couples, right? Bill and Ted are still married to the medieval princesses they picked up on their time travels. They're still struggling to fulfil the prediction of their mentor Rufus, played by the late George Carlin, to come up with a song that will unite the world in peace and harmony. And their families still won't give them a break. Ted, enough of the delusions. You didn't time travel. And you didn't go to heaven and hell. Here's a real idea for you. Be role models to your daughters. Get real jobs. The only thing they've managed to produce over the years is two equally optimistic daughters, Thea and Billy. That's right, they named them after each other. Bill, we've spent our whole life trying to unite the world. And I'm tired, dude. Ted, we have a destiny to fulfill. Greetings, my excellent friend. One day at their lowest ebb, Rufus's daughter Kelly arrives unexpectedly with news. Bill and Ted are whisked off to another dimension where they're told by yet another great one that their world-unifying song needs to be produced in an hour or the whole of reality will be destroyed. No pressure then, but Bill and Ted come up with a possible solution. Dude, we better write that song now. Or why can't we just go to the future when we have written it? And take it from ourselves. Except, won't that be stealing? Cheers! <laughs> How is that stealing? If 
We're stealing it from ourselves, dude. They take off in a spare time machine, don't ask, and look up future versions of themselves with a view to stealing the great song from them. But it's not as easy as it looks. Each future Bill and Ted is worse than the one before, including a couple of muscle-bound convicts whose song is mostly about death and giving up. No way! How'd you like our song? It's a little on the dark side, but you know, that's cool. Meanwhile, it's a time travel movie, so everything is meanwhile in one way or another, Bill and Ted's daughters decide they have to help their dads. Fortunately, the girls have access to their own time machine, or maybe it's the same time machine in a different dimension. We're putting together a most extraordinary band. Hey, you want to be in our band? Oh. <laughs> oh, this is so fantastic. The daughter's plan is to form the greatest band ever to back up Bill and Ted when they finally produce the world-uniting, reality-ensuring song. Yes, that is Mozart joining them on keyboards. I won't spoil the film by naming the other members, other than to say that Death, the stallion's old bass player, makes another appearance. We're going to go talk to Death. Is he playing hopscotch by himself? Dude, he's cheating. Hey, Death! My pretty the wild stallion. Let's rock! Now, I'm not sure if anyone has noticed that even for a time travel comedy, the story of Bill and Ted Face the Music mostly hangs together by a thread. Coming as it does on the heels of the overplotted Tenet, in many ways, this is an anti Christopher Nolan film that only works because of the goodwill of everyone concerned, especially the audience. Dude, our dads are totally in trouble. Yeah! We should help him out. No way! How's it going, Bill and Ted? At the start of the show, I wondered who in their right mind such a bizarre proposition as Bill and Ted 30 years on could possibly appeal to. And to my embarrassment, I realised it was me. I loved every minute of it, partly because it sent me on its own time machine back to the innocent days when two lovable doofuses could solve the world's problems by a joyful woe and some judicious air guitar. Doing? Well, you know, we're dead and we're in hell. But how you doing? We're, we're good. good! If the words Bill and Ted encourage an immediate, unplanned smile, you'll probably love it too. And for the rest of you, all I can say is be excellent to each other and party on, dudes. Pretty good advice anyway, but particularly in these rather bogus times. I'm Simon Morris, and I hope you'll join me at the movies same time next week. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.